turn this thing off remove that and there's there we go so this is this is where mike would say oh no wait we'd have an announcer say live from command center alpha two maybe four so we're not doing any of that um but hey it's not our big dumb mouth mike's on vacation so joe and i are running solo setting shit on fire and causing all sorts of problems yeah we're gonna see what we can do we're already getting asked whose car adam bomb 90 in the oh, uh, I, I can put that up on watch this i can do that on the Whose car? There's something. So there, so we edited that thing last night, and uh, it's got sound to it. It's a news clip that Kretsch had found, and there's like a crisping and a crackling oh, like yeah, you're at I a campfire. You want to hear it? And then, yeah, let's hear it. And then there's like little explosions. That was fine. I was in front of them. Yeah, you can hear the car, It's something peaceful. I feel like the neighborhood should get marshmallows. Wait, wait, you know what I mean? That instead of a campfire, just go set cars on fire. Just set up a campfire. Yeah, go warm your hands on there or something like that. You know. Uh, GeoGuy87, no, we are not going to run the Demi Boy clip again. Um, (laughs) I made the mistake when I was testing yesterday uh, afternoon. I I, or yesterday evening, I ran that one. Just I just pulled one of your Twitter links out of the carrot shop, and it happened to be that one, and people were not pleased. Oh, I love the Demi Boy. I'm not going to run the Demi Boy. Or the Para Boy. I don't know. I'm still it's trying to figure out which Demi one Boy I like more. Can you explain? No, I don't want to go into that again. No, we're not going to do it. I was I'm 10 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. So, um, all right. Well, normally, Mike covers some paranormal stuff. Um, well, we would do Clips of the Week, and there are Clips of the Week if you wanted to do Clips of the Week. Are there actually no? I don't know. I, I'm almost going to save those for Mike. Let him. Let, let, we'll let him. Be sure. Okay, because there's a clip from Thursday, and then there's Friday, and You're Mike right. is on break. But uh, uh, wait, that was two weeks ago. It's the 28th. Was it? Yeah. And then Jick said that Mike's on a break and his internet broke. So um, we will savor whatever. Oh, he that's favor. Tw- okay, gotcha. Yeah. That was two weeks ago. So uh, I'm still learning how to tell time. It's, it's a new. It's a new thing to everybody. <laughs> I could just run some random AJ clips. Tell you what, let's do this. Uh, let's ha- listen to Alex Jones read the states: Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, California, California, Connecticut, Connecticut, Florida, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Kansas, Kentucky, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, Mississippi, Nebraska, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York. North all right, Jersey. all right, we get it. <laughs> I think it would be better if you didn't play. If just because you have two New Jerseys doesn't mean you should play. I just I have a folder called AJ States, and they're just all in there. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. Just play one at a. If you got two New Jerseys, just play the one. Just guess. Although geography is pretty cool. Have you ever held like the phone and done Google Earth in your hands? Like, do you do you have the Google Earth app on your phone? I don't think so. I have the Google Maps. Is that the same thing? 
No, God, no, it's not the same. So Google Earth on your phone. This is how, and you know, you talk about like the New World Order and how the New World Order has this, uh, like there's always like this illustration of people with their hands on the globe and it's like this evil thing. I could see why that is a perfect illustration because the older we get, you know, you think about it and you're looking at Google Earth and you know, like if you have any sort of geography knowledge whatsoever, then you know that when you're going to certain parts of the world, you know, the longer timeline of history, it's like you get this matrix moment of like, well, here's Western civilization's origins come from. Here's where, you know, South Americans origins come from. And, you know, here's whatever that giant fucking dam was in China. That's one of their main ones that they built. The one on like, the Yangtze River? Yeah, yeah. The one that they were worried was going to starve out a bunch of people. It was called the Three Gorges Dam. Three Orient. Gorges Dam. In yeah, Spanish, that it was Tres Gorges. I don't know. What's the Spanish word for gorges? Something like probably the same with a L in front of it. Trace <laughs> L gorges, I would guess. But yeah, uh -huh. you think and you put like focus that like hold the Google Earth and like move that shit around and then like think about like, well, here's just a bunch of dumb because this is how they look at us. They look at us, well, those are the towel heads. Like they think that way. You know that's how the people who were trying to manipulate shit, they they're looking at go they're not, probably not using the app. Although that would be pretty cool is if you could have an app and just maybe that's what the CIA has. It's like start a riot in Cuba. Boom. You just hit a button. You can just tap it on Google Earth. Oh, they've got uh, Google. Uh, what would you call that? Google coup d'etat or something. There you go. Google coup. <laughs> the Google coup. The Google freedom distributor. <laughs> that's right. Google color. Turn it on a color revolution setting. There you go. Oh, you no, can it, it's, color revolution. Yeah. It's it's really something though to think about it like when you because I you know I think a lot of us I'm not going to speak for you but I would assume you have some measure of thought that there are forces that are controlling the planet they're not loyal to a state or a nation they are globalists and they look We're at this about world the, the what now the pentaverite what group of the mean? five most wealthiest families including the Vatican the Rothschilds the uh, who else was in there? The Queen and Colonel Sanders before he went tits up. <laughs> sure. I, don't remember I mean, whatever you want to call them. I don't know exactly who it is, but it's the people who see things in that light. Like the idea, this cartoonish idea that Hillary Clinton loves America or something is just, you know, like, are, are we still doing this, kids? You know what I mean? Like the people who are looking at all this shit just see like lithium, you know, coal oil you know this is what they see they don't see people it's like whatever they need it's like some people have rules and shit but then you can go to certain places in africa greta likes where you could just you know force kids into these holes and dig up your lithium for your you know rechargeable batteries <laughs> because that's amazing you know here they actually have to pretend like we're free you know which is really kind of annoying yeah the electric car people. thing is interesting because there are so many states are pushing for electric cars um and yet no one's no one pays attention to the math that if indeed they were forced to replace every internal combustion engine vehicle with a electric vehicle there's not enough lithium out there and there's not enough kids you can throw into those those <laughs> mine pits so think about it i mean do, do the math on that i mean i don't think matt i don't think bill gates had thought about this he wants to depopulate it which means less children but he also wants them to dig up the lithium i guess it kind of cancels itself out if you have 
less people who are alive, you'll have less people who need to eat bugs and lithium batteries, power them from And then there'll pot. be plenty of gasoline for everybody. If you need it, I guess, but you're not allowed because you're not allowed to have cows either. Well, I got a story coming up on that later. Um, so we don't have AJ clips of the week. Um, we don't have paranormal. Well, oh, I do have some. So I, I grabbed some paranormal stories. So do we want to do a little bit of paranormal stuff in, in honor of Mike not being here? Let's do it. All right. Um, here's where I uh, let me push my transition music, which I also don't have set up. So you got to make the music. Dun, do, 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 do. I'll do that again. That's a good one. I have all of Mike's actual clips. I don't want to run those because I'm not sure if that, I mean, I'll give you taste. All right, that's it. Um, I've got those. I don't want to layer that in because it's this really not Mike's show, and that's all his stuff. For those of you who don't know, by the way, Mike wrote all those songs because he's quite an accomplished musician. So all the stuff from his, all the little jingles, the song, the intro, outro music, that's all his stuff. He wrote those. So I don't want to uh, have him put a copyright strike against us. All right, let me pull some paranormal stuff here. Go into some stuff here. All right, um, I've got uh, got a couple to choose from, Joe. I've got a 1934 newspaper article on Sasquatch in British Columbia. Um, so it's been around for a while. And then concluding a, uh, an interesting um, uh, illustration to go along with that article. Um, I've got a story on the strange link between the men in black and the hollow earth. Mm. And I know that I- hollow earth segment was not that great the other day is it better than that one the general the colonel the admiral whatever colonel sanders um diary oh i see what you mean Uh, i don't know i just brought it up um we have a story story about the uh the americans who reported the first sensational ufo encounters in the uh in 1639 you want to pull up that one go back to 1639 talk about ufos just go for whatever one you think makes the most sense because yeah let's do it all right i got one more let's see and then i've got a listicle because mike likes listicles but um the 10 creepy appalachian creatures that'll make you disappear that's a good one yeah listicles are fun let's do listicles let's do a listicle let me put the listicle over here on screen do this i don't know how mike does all this stuff i bless that boy um that's on this screen i need more monitors here and then if i do this and then i can put us over here look at that it's magic oh and we got ads too son of a biscuit i hate this all right all right so these are the 10 creepy appalachian creatures that's going to make you disappear promise no not at all these are invariably will be disappointing i'm going to guess of the 10 there's going to be like four that are good and the other ones are just kind of made up all right, so the first one is the Appalachian Smoke Wolf. Uh, it says, according to legend, the Appalachian Smoke Wolf is a fierce predator that hunts at night to feed on livestock, wildlife, and the occasional human unlucky enough to cross its path, which is completely different from regular wolves. So keep in mind, this is different. Uh, physical encounters of the Smoke Wolf are inst- extremely rare, but those who have seen it described as a large wolf-like creature, good name, with black fur and red eyes. It also has the ability to transform into a cloud of smoke, making it almost impossible to track or catch. And if that isn't enough to send chills down your spine, here are two more knowledge nuggets for you. First one is don't use the phrase knowledge nugget. Uh, It can only be deterred by the sound of rattling chains. And when you hear it, it sounds like the howl of a wolf with the scream of a demon. Well, 
we're all familiar with that. Uh, the legend dates back to the early 1900s with the port reports of a mysterious smoke-like creature uh, speculating it was a supernatural entity or previously unknown species of wolf. So there you go. That's it. That's all they're providing. There's no details, no, no sightings, none of that. These are terrible. All right. Um, let's see. What, I'm going to read off a bunch of these. We've got the Silver Giant. We got the Raven Mocker. We got, I mean, they're all pretty cool names. Like, I'd love to see them all in a fight somehow. The Virginia Devil Monkey? That sounds like that's a mighty... Pretty, I mean, come on, that's pretty rad. See, there's a video here. It's a 10-minute video. Oh, this is... Okay, this is somebody else's content. I want to pull their content, but... Virginia Devil Monkey is another creature from folklore of the Appalachian region. According to the legend, the Devil Monkey is malevolent and dangerous, preying on humans. The devil monkey is said to be a medium-sized, three to five feet, ape-like creature with powerful legs, three-toed feet, and sharp talons, and a thick tail. Doesn't sound like a monkey. It's known for its incredible strength and agility and can move quickly through the trees and over rugged terrain. The legend of the Virginia devil monkey supposedly originates from sightings of unknown primates in the Appalachian region. Creature's ferocity and viciousness quickly became the subject of local folklore, with many claiming to have seen the devil monkey attacking and killing livestock and humans. All right. We have the Dwayo. Dwayo. <laughs> I I think I bought one of his CDs on. Uh, yeah, Facebook. yeah. This, I saw '90s hip hop was really good. <laughs> Dwayo and the Virginia Devil Monkeys. Yeah. Um, got the Bell Witch. Uh, the Flatwoods Monster. We've covered that one quite a bit. Um, Flatwoods Monster, also Braxton County. Stupid YouTube. <laughs> thumbnails of this guy with his hand over his mouth come on the wampus cat or the cherokee death cat i mean these all have really awesome names and a wampus cat would be a good name for like a a, a, a punk band i think even cherokee cat be fine well that would after after they after two people leave the band and they rename themselves cherokee death cat yeah um the grafton monster we've covered that one Mm -hmm. Oh, here you go. The Snallygaster. Yeah, that's a new one. Uh, the Snallygaster is another creature from the folklore of Maryland, which is not part of the Appalachians. I guess if the far western part. Uh, the Snallygaster is a fearsome creature with a reptilian body, bird-like wings, and a long, sharp beak. It's said to have a ferocious appetite and prey on livestock and people. The legend of the Snallygaster dates back to the early 1700s when German settlers in the region reported sightings of a winged creature they called the Schnellergeist, meaning quick spirit. Um, the legend evolved over time, and the creature became known as the Snallygaster. So it's an anglicization, that word. Of sure about it. Um, in the early 20th century, the Snallygaster became the subject of a media frenzy with newspapers reported sightings of the creature and offering rewards for its capture. Despite the hype, however, the Snallygaster was never caught or proven to exist. And yet it is number one on this list of items yeah. of 10 creepy Appalachian creatures that will uh, take your lunch money. Uh, yeah, these are all eight minute long videos, probably somehow sp taking three paragraphs of information and stretching it out to eight minutes. So, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, so I, what's the criteria for getting to the top of the list? Snallygaster. Is it like, I don't know, Coolest you're trying to have the know. most, like you're, you're finding the indie of indie bands or some shit. Like no one's ever heard of this one. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, Oh, I see. It's not cool if people have heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to find one you haven't heard of. I, I've been a fan of Snallygaster. 
Yeah, I was a Nine Inch Nails fan before they got big. <laughs> that kind of shit. Snallygaster. What is the criteria? Uh, I don't know. There's. Let's see. They don't say why these are in one particular order here or not. Um, what was the headline again? Ten creepy Appalachian creatures that will make you disappear. Okay. All right. So if I'm, nothing I, else, I, this, is, this has whetted our appetite. I need more information on all of these. Yeah, it's in no particular order, I would assume. Well, sweet Snallygaster is number one in our hearts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd like more information on these, but it's it's a listicle. That's what you get with listicles is they, you know, quick hits and off you go. Yeah. Did you, were you ever much of a, a music fan? Um, Not so much. I mean, I, you know, I listened to the same, I, I listened to the same stuff over and over and over and over. All right. Did you ever look at Pitchfork or have people say things about Pitchfork to you? No, I'm not even familiar with who they are. All right. For, so for music people, this will be one thing. It's like Pitchfork was one of those websites. This is where I got this stupid idea about that listicle. Pitchfork would always nominate as album of the year some unlistenable garbage just because like no one had heard of it. And then they would take like an album that everybody unanimously loved and give it like a three or not a three. Like, yeah. So if you were rating it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, they'd take something that was unanimously selling out shows. Everybody was talking about it. You get a three. Some record that you put on and you're like, why? Who is getting paid to do this? That would always be like the that was the best album album of the year. You're like, what the fuck is going on there? This is like in the 2000s, mid 2000s, before the 20s, when you know. I guess being torn apart by war and COVID has helped us put things in perspective. <laughs> I don't know. This is a big gripe of mine. Well, you're probably right. They were just getting paid by the record labels to to nominate that. But or is it like this elitist thing, like with this stupid list thing? I don't know. Like you would think that you'd want to put in shit like Bigfoot just for the clicks or whatever. Like I can't make the case that it's an Appalachian thing that'll make you disappear. But they didn't even mention missing four one one in any context of that, which is like a huge hit. What is the point of that article? I would argue that the the most famous Appalachian specific cryptid is Mothman. It's based out of West Virginia. They didn't even mention it, did they? It wasn't even on the list, no. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's fuck that list. <laughs> it's a listicle, it's what you get. So, um, comment from Rudy47. I remember those days, Joe, pretentious times. They were, I, you know, Pitchfork was the worst. Stereo Gum used to be a decent website, and then Trump got ran for president, and that fucking got ruined. It's like, Oh, did they get stuck up in the TDS stuff and they and any yeah. any bring up a band and somehow they turn it to Trump? Dude, that guy broke the whole fucking internet. You know what I mean? Like it, uh, anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked on all that bullshit, but it, it literally did. Like this is why we end up with listicles that don't even mention Mothman. <laughs> Gotta write a letter. All right. Uh how about this one? This is not a listicle, um, but this comes from Fox News. Take it for what you will up on screen with more ads probably um you guys aren't seeing that i need to click this all right uh, meet the american who reported the first sensational ufo encounters puritan leader john winthrop from 1639 i think oh Please. there's a video if i click it do you think it's about him or is it one of those like 
they're going to show images of text and play music over it. That'd be my first guess, but this is definitely like, this is old shit here. This ain't no picture of a dude. This is like a painting of a dude. So first we get an ad for uh, toilet paper. Oh, Mentos. So speaking, I'm going to mute this, but Mentos used to have great ads that are still like internet memes. And why would they not just make more of those? That's like got to be the, easiest. About the fresh maker. Yeah. Those, wasn't it always like some dude would accidentally like fall into a cement truck or something and then crawl his way out and open the thing. Mentos. It's, so it's all good. By the way, this, this video, as we suspected, <laughs> is simply music over text. So thanks for nothing. I mean, have an intern narrate this. Yeah. What is John with? Tell us about Johnny boy over here. He's wearing a UFO around his neck. Apparently that was the first UFO was around his neck. (laughs) Uh, The first known UFO encounter in America was recorded in 1639 by Puritan leader and prolific journal keeping John Winthrop, leader of the Massachusetts Bay Colony and a foundational figure in the national pantheon bonus points for using the term pantheon. Winthrop's sensational account of a great light in the night was witnessed by a group of sober, discreet, and credible persons over Muddy River in Boston. Um, Winthrop's leadership of the fledgling Massachusetts colony shaped the destiny of the United States. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's not even related. Where's this journal? Diligently. Come on. Get to the UFOs. Winthrop reported two more UFO sightings over Boston Harbor in 1644. Thanks for not wait, actually... Wait, go back up. There's a part with his journal. That looks like it's an earlier part, the beginning. Well, they talk about his journal, but it has nothing to do with UFOs. They're just oh. backfilling the article here. May have done, Okay, so buried among... Yeah, John Winthrop's journal has long served as a cornerstone Massachusetts historical scholarship. Uh... The Massachusetts Historical Society writes in a recent look at the Puritans' UFO sightings, he diligently recorded the events of his life along with the trials and tribulations of the people of Massachusetts Bay Colony during the first 19 years of its existence. But where's the stuff I think this is interesting. Buried among... Well, go, go, to, go to that next one. This is interesting. Bur- what, it starts at buried among. Where's that? Did I miss it? Oh. That one. You're on a lag. There's a delay. In the article. I'll read it. Buried among the prolific writings are words that suggest a mystifying object may have abducted three men in a boat. See, now that's the shit. It was probably Mothman pissed off he wasn't in that other list. <laughs> that's what I'm guessing. He was like, dude, 150 years from now, they're not even going to mention me on this stupid blog because Donald Trump was president for four fucking years. These assholes. He's sitting there drinking in a bar next to Bigfoot. And Bigfoot's like, what's a blog? Who's Donald Trump? Yeah, I'm taking these motherfuckers. Fuck you. <laughs> Three dudes. Winthrop <laughs> reported two more UFO sightings over Boston Harbor in 1644. Uh, his incredible tales of aerial phenomenon in early America, long unknown, generated sudden interest in recent years after federal government and military officials admitted that it's been studying UFOs for decades. This is, a, this is a really good article. It's very rare you get me on these UFO things. It's because it's Fox, probably. Uh, stories of paranormal, unexplained, and perhaps extraterrestrial encounters, long considered fringe conspiracy, were effectively mainstream for academics and serious analysts. That's as far as I got. You want to put it in carrot shop if you want to bring it up. And Yeah. What do you think? This is pretty decent. I'd like more information about his, like, I want to, I'm, I'm hoping they get to it here, but I would like, 
detailed notes from his journals. What did he, because they said all these credible people saw it. So give me that detail. Yeah, what is the like the journal entry? He uh, entry. He was a devout Christian and an industrious nation builder. So uh, two thousand Winthrop, forgotten founding father. Yeah, I think they started with the lead there. Well, let's see if I can find more about. Um, look, here's a picture he took with a camera that didn't exist at the time. <laughs> but no, so the, the what interested me about it when you brought it up was that he's this puritan dude so you would imagine like he's you know a man of god so he probably doesn't want to lie so there's a part of me that would almost instinctively just want to believe like well he's got no reason to be writing about three dudes getting abducted from a boat you know what i mean like he's got bigger shit to do like they're like fighting the you know what i mean like the, the i mean that's like a whole thing like to go to a whole new continent and kill all the native americans and everything like that's a big to-do list all right here we go so if you go, uh, i went down i don't know if do you have it open on your side or do you want me to keep scrolling here yeah yeah which um, part go down to the big headline of great light in the night yeah all right so winthrop's report of an eerie ufo encounter on a winter night in boston is sandwiched between perfunctory passages about business dealings with the natives ha the subject turns suddenly in this year one, James Everill, a sober, discreet man, and two others saw a great light in the night at Muddy River, Winthrop wrote on March 1st, 1639. When it stood still, it flamed up and was about three yards square. When it ran, it was contracted into the figure of a swine. Okay. Uh, Winthrop went on. It ran swift as an arrow toward Charlton, Charlestown now, and up and down about two or three hours. They, they were come down in their lighter, a small barge, about a mile, and when it was over, they found themselves carried quite back against the tide to the place they came from. Diverse other persons saw the same light after about the same place. At hearing of the encounter for the first time, UFO researcher Nick Pope told Fox News Digital this week, that's stunning. So let's I see, I'm trying to find the description here. So he said, um, a great light in the night. It stood still. It flamed up about three yards square and then contracted the figure of a swine. There was a flaming pig UFO. Is that what he's saying? It's, he's like the shape of a pig. I would almost say like it's like circles, you know, like if you take the pig ears, it's like it's like a circle with two circles around the top of it. You know starting, what I mean? Like it, Mickey Mouse. Something like that. It would be like the 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 triangle UFOs or whatever, the three light UFOs. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. So okay, so we're back to triangular UFOs. Well, we know at that point, so a lot of the footage we have now is clearly camera apertures picking up a, an LED and it just expands to the, the diamond shape. We know this guy did not have a camera. So if he's describing something that's vaguely triangular or circular, that's that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so here, uh, this is great. Several sources say ignis fatus, a spark of swamp gas, is likely the cause of the strange light. So as Go soon figure. as he wrote this down in his, diary, in his diary, he writes it down, and then some guy leans in the window and goes, yeah, uh, swamp gas, weather balloon, Venus reflected. <laughs> right? It just fucking shit on him. Like, and then fuck he went, that like, guy. He, like, cracked a wheel on his wagon. I gotta stop swearing so much. Stay but in your that, lane. Uh, 
<laughs> that doesn't explain how Phantom Light raced across the river or why Everill and the other men in the boat wound up a mile downstream. No, it does not. Swamp, unless Swamp Gas does that. I don't know. Why is it always Swamp Gas? It's, it's like a, it's, you know what I mean? Like why, how, I have never heard of Swamp Gas outside of UFO encounters. That's a good point. Well, I believe, yeah, it's a real thing. It's like ball lightning. It's real, but you never hear of it aside from someone trying to lazily debunk any sort of UFO sighting. 9-11 with Swamp Gas. <laughs> this is a longer article, but this is a pretty damn good one. I like this one. As long as they stay to the stuff about the the uh, the journal, that's I, I'm I'm enjoying that stuff, not the the little asides they keep throwing in there. Yeah, they they there's a lot of good little quotes where they're talking to these UFO people. People have this mis- it's it's written like a news site would write it, not like one of these fly by night sites that it look like you know the ads that are just ridiculous and designed by I don't know. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. This looks like it's professionally written, good illustrations. It's well-sourced. Good quote. Uh, They describe it here. About midnight, three men coming in a boat to Boston saw two lights arise out of the water near the north north point of the town cove in a form like a man and went at a small distance to the town and so to the south point and there vanished away. Clearly swamp gas again. Yeah. Uh, they describe uh, so th- that was the second n- sighting. A third sighting a week later, another supernatural encounter was seen by many. A light like the moon arose above the northeast point in Boston and met the former at Noddles Island. And there they closed in one and then parted and then closed and parted diverse times and so went over the hill in the, in the island and vanished. Sometimes Crazy. they shot out flames and sometimes sparkles. Clearly, more swamp gas. I mean, that's some crazy shit because that sounds like it's authentic. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't have any reason to suspect that Fox News would be writing articles from fabricated Boston Puritans, you know, 300 years ago. Yeah. Uh, they did say John Winthrop died suddenly of natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> after, after getting this experimental um, uh, Fauci shot, so... Um, that's a good one. Solid. That's a solid. Uh, while Mike's away, the uh, the autists will play, the conspiracy theorists, or whatever you want to call us. The I'm seeing any more information here. They keep talking about Winthrop. A lot of nonsense. So I'd I'd like to see this article like focused just on the the those sightings because I'd like more information on those three sightings. But that's it, and we're out of article. There you go. Yeah. So if you wanted to Google it, this would be Meet the American who reported the first sensational UFO encounters. And it should come up. Interesting one. Yeah, there you go. Some paranormal stuff for you. Um, I've got one more here. Where'd it go? Oh, wait. I'm going to open in another tab. Too much stuff. So I've got a 1934 newspaper article on the Sasquatch of British Columbia with a great illustration. I'll bring that one up. Um, Does the Sasquatch of British Columbia have a British Columbian accent? He does. Does he go, ooh, or some shit? He's got like Uh, a... He, he calls yes, people hosers. <laughs> All right. Um, tell you what, let me bring up the. Yeah. So this is an, a scan, a photo of this. Let's see if I can get this to come up. Oh my god, that's huge. That's what she said. Um, can I get this to zoom better? No. Do this stupid crap. To work. 
here's our our awesome diagram or picture of this guy. Um, bring that up there for everyone to see. Let me, let me put this in Carechop because it, it's going to be hard for me to scroll around if you want to scan through and see if there's anything of interest in there. Into the Carechop. It's just a um, it's an image. It's a scan of the newspaper. All right. Whoa, that's not the right size even. Look at that. Why what, was I... that what was that thing you used to do? Microfiche? Remember Fiche? Yeah, microfiche. We had to sit there in the little uh, the little viewer and scroll around. Do you think how many kids are ever going to know about a microfiche? How many kids are going to know about the Dewey Decimal System? Remember having to go find books and then put them back where they came no, from? No, I know never. And then you know the etiquette was when we were growing up, you would literally like look at the Dewey Decimal number and you would put it back. Like we were taught to put it back and file it under the Dewey Decimal System. Could you yeah, imagine nope. any child today? I mean, well, honestly, when they're done reading their sex books, they just start making out and doing drugs and shooting each other. And then the whole back is about some band you never heard of. Um, That's it. If you They'll never touch microfiche. Libraries these days, they just have a cart in there, and they're just like, yeah, you put it back here. We don't want you even trying to put it back where it goes. We'll never That's my find favorite you. thing about Banana Republic. So I don't have to. It's like you just take. Yes, I have 27 things in the dressing <laughs> in the fitting room. Get fucked. I'm, I'm not buying any of this. I'm buying any of this stuff, but I'm trying on all the underwear in the store. I felt pretty for one second. <laughs> well, aren't a lot of people just doing that for um, for TikTok and Instagram is going in there and trying on different outfits and saving all that stuff? Might as well. We're all going to be influencers, Cratchit. I don't know if you, I mean, I don't think you need a resume. You just need to pop and lock on Instagram and TikTok. My resume is a blank piece of paper with a QR code that leads to my TikTok. That's all you need. I, well, it's a QR code and my preferred pronouns. Even better. Uh, so here's this article from 1934. Uh, British Columbia startled by appearance of the Sasquatch, a strange race of hairy giants. Um, they might be giants. Speaking of bands you never heard of. Um, so they've got a little map here showing somewhere between Harrison Mills and Chilliwack. Some Sas some Sasquatch being sighted there. Watch out. Uh, this is hard to read because it's tiny. Um, oh, dang, damn it. I just broke the zoom. It is peculiar. Let me see if I can bring it up over here. This is hard to see. Uh, it is peculiar. Is peculiarity, is there a typo? Oh, it is peculiar, peculiarly in keeping with this topsy-turvy year of violently varying weather, universal human unrest, droughts, grasshopper plagues, and other phenomena that there now comes from various eyewitnesses the reports of seeing some of the Sasquatch, those weird hairy men reported for 20 years to dwell in the tremendous and unexplored mountain regions of British Columbia, Canada. By the way, that's one sentence, so kudos to that person for knowing how to write a sentence. <laughs> that had dangling participles was, they uh, had that one structured well it was it had everything <laughs> uh there let me bring this up here because you guys can't read this either so wait no dangling participles you don't want you do I'm not trying to think that. of all those terms uh gerunds they're all gerunds gerunds yeah that's a good one why won't this zoom properly I get like this browser i get like two options for zoom too too small or too big do you think kids are learning about gerunds? Uh, preferred gerunds. <laughs> no, it's like when we talk about all the shit that they're learning about, it's like I don't think they have any room for this other stuff. 
Um, let's see. The reported return is particularly in keeping with this unusual year. So remarkable, the number of appearances of various startling monsters cited from Scotland to the Caribbean, from the Pacific to the Mediterranean, the reality of which is affirmed by scores of eyewitnesses. Again, one full sentence. Moreover, the statements of some of these people in as far as curious denizens of the ocean are concerned have been borne out for within a short time of each other at, uh-oh, this is, scan is crapped out, uh, at certain places on the European coast, the something of incredible monsters have been cast up. There's a part missing in this scan. The existence of a trog- troglodytic race inhabiting the mountains of British Columbia in many of the vast caves is a tribal legend among the Chehalis Indians, and those are the Squaw Reservation near Chilliwack in the Harrison Lake District, about 100 miles east of Vancouver. Well, this is It's different writing 100 years ago, I tell you. Yeah, man. Um. So what's when did they get to the? They're still like in the intro here. Where's the actual? But it is. It's very. It's a very robust writing style. Yeah. It paints a real picture. I don't know. It's like a I, picture. That's why I um, like that Puritan dude's descriptions. Like that's totally like old timey, like sixteen hundreds, like blog shit. <laughs> he had a blog. He had a Substack. <laughs> Name of his journal says mysubstack.com. Um, the fact that some of these strange people have just been reported close to civilization at this time accurately compares with dates noted by the Chehalis Indians. The Indians have oral records covering three generations. According to these, members of the tribe have seen in the springtime every fourth year the light of a great fire on one of the highest peaks in the Chehalis range. The fire bo- burns for four nights, rising in a very high, thin column. Sometimes it is suddenly extinguished to rise again a little later. Uh, that this is that oh that this is some periodic mark of a return to a certain place of worship at some ancient shrine or a communication with members in some remote mountain fastness are possible conjectures. Um, let's see. A few days ago, a middle-aged Indian, Tom Cedar, was trout fishing from his canoe on Morris Creek. He was near a rocky terrace bank. He suddenly a large rock struck the water so close to his canoe that he was drenched by the splash. Looking up, he saw with amazement a huge hairy man above him just as he threw another rock. This is also this also barely missed the canoe. Cedar paddled rapidly upstream to the settlement. Um, we've had multiple stories of Sasquatch throwing crap at people. Yeah, he's like rocks chucking rocks. rocks at this dude. Yeah. What's so he so good. pissed about? Jeez, dude, chill. Probably like at his, uh, uh, his fishing hole. He's like, this is mine. Get out. Maybe. Um... By way of noting an odd coincidence, this particular stream, now called Morris Creek, was known as Saskacow when a white man first arrived in a so-called old maps nearby our caves. Blah, 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 blah. Whoop. Upon the walls of these caves are some crude drawings. In this region, according to Indians, two large bands of Sasquatch fought a long time ago until both were brought almost to extermination. Sasquatch Wars. I haven't mm. heard about that much. It's like a cage match. Yeah, I love mm. it. I don't... And, have we heard, covered stories of Sasquatch or any sort of humanoid cryptid fighting other other like tribes of them? No, I think we've posited about stuff like that, but I I really do dig the idea of the, the this is British Columbia. They're watching yeah these dudes fight. I love it. I'd pay. Well, <laughs> you think they just all showed up, sat there watching? Um, the other evidence of hostile intention of some of these creatures dates back 20 years and consists of the statements of two Indians. Uh, on an evening in May, I was about a mile from the reserve near the foot of the mountain when what I at first took to be a bear rose up in the underbrush. 
It was a man between six and seven feet tall, covered with hair. I turned and ran through the underbrush to my dugout. The hairy man came after me. I paddled across the stream, which is not very deep, and the man waded after. I reached the house where my wife and child were inside. I bolted the door. Presently, the hairy man arrived. It was growling. <laughs> it was growing dark. He prowled around, grunting, prowled around, grunting and growling, but after a little while, went away. Um. On another occasion the next year, Peter and another man came upon two giants so close to distinguish a man and a woman. Though the Indians ran, they were not pursued. So lots of stories from nineteen from the 1930s and earlier. They said going back three generations, so that would be, what, 75 years? So into the 1860s, 1850s um, of Sasquatch in, in uh, uh, British Columbia. So there you go. Sasquatch stuff. Cryptids, <laughs> all that. <laughs> You might need to throw some drops in there. In what? You you have like literal mic drops. Where's a mic drop? Oh, give people know. what they want. You surprised right, me yesterday. In a pool of blood. <laughs> <laughs> He's here in spirit, people. Now you want? I got. I absolutely hate science. Um, no. That's a fun fucking fact. <laughs> Booberry says I got mic drops for days. Um, yeah, I like I like the Sasquatch. I like the UFO one. I like the 1600s UFO dude better. The Bigfoot one's cool too. That listicle like sucked. Yeah, that listicle was What's bad. What's that? Yeah. You, you think- so, do you like the the old UFOs better than Sasquatch? I wonder who would win in a fight. No, well, <laughs> it, for an interest fight, it is the UFOs. The Bigfoot <laughs> one is kind of interesting just because they're fighting. Um, are you talking about the Puritan dude fighting the Bigfoot? Because that no, would be cool you think too. You take a Bigfoot? The Puritan guy? Yeah, he's got like a journal ready. You can like clock him with that. He's got a pen. I mean, he's a hardened man. He has to live in, you know, the he's trying to settle a new country, goddammit. It's sixteen hundred. They ain't shit. Yeah. Yeah. These other guys talk about running back to their house. He's like, this guy didn't have a house. Yeah. He can't so- he can't lock up the door for a Bigfoot to fucking wander around outside Ooga Boogin. That's not <laughs> happening. All right. So there's there's enough um uh cryptid stories there for you guys. Give you a little bit. They of- they might have killed Bigfoots all the time, like it was like whatever we got to kill bigfoot they kill indians all the time it's probably certain things that they just don't even write about like taking shits so that guy because he don't got no home to lock up he's probably kill, slaying bigfoot left and right so yeah he would win in a fight against that british columbia guy he killed three bigfoot before breakfast he does <laughs> that goes to the giants that we also we see the reporting for they're all gone this the the group of giants they're extinct because all of our uh USA motherfuckers were killing those bitches, and then Canada got our leftovers. <laughs> what happened to Buffalo? They just shot the crap out of them. So something like that. All right. Um, what do you got, Joe? Do we? Are we gonna go to? Is it? Is it? Is it my turn? Because you guys can do the whole thing. Sure, do it. All right. I don't. Do I don't want to me. I don't. Do I have transitions really? I mean, I'll give you a a, a taste of a transition again. I don't have all the transitions loaded. There, that's all you get. That's fine. Um, 
I want to start with this just because there's so many things that have been happening lately. Uh, as far as, you know, you got the COVID thing. Oh, there's just, it's psyop after psyop. But I saw this clip go by on Twitter and I love these things. Back when I first got into the conspiracy theory stuff, like this is the kind of shit, this was like crack to me. And I had never seen this one. So I was super excited about it. Let's see if I can do this. I'll put, wait, how do I do? Nope, that's not right. Look at all these things I can click. There we go. Um, all right. What is this? This is. Do you want any setup for this or just run it? It's five minutes long. You have no. to yeah. I mean, we'll, we can just play it until you get bored of it. It's just, it's okay. interesting. Uh, a good many of us do not have a clear picture of what the CIA does. I think many of us believe it is an intelligence gathering agency that it gets information. That information becomes intelligence, and then it passes it on to key areas in the government. Is that an accurate uh, impression? No, it isn't. Uh, it's my view, and it's supportable by all the uh, evidence you can see in the Church Committee report, and the Pike Committee report, and uh, other collateral information. The CIA is not an intelligence agency. It's a covert action agency, covert action being uh, overthrowing or supporting foreign governments. Another part of covert action is disinformation. And the uh, American people, in my estimation, are the primary target audience of the agency's disinformation operations. And I view Vietnam, the entire Vietnam War, was brought to us, uh, sold to us, by agency disinformation operations. At the, the, uh, when I say us, I mean the American people. Well, that had to be done, of course, through the press. Yes. How else would one reach the, the American public? Well, how does the CIA, uh, the CIA, how does the CIA develop its relationship with the press? Well, it happens on many levels in many different ways. It could be a, a, a director of agency uh, contact with a publisher, or it could be uh, a lower level agency employee with a, a lower level person or uh, managing editor, say, or it could be hiring, um, agent people, agency people, and placing them in the news uh, organization. Or it could be uh, giving information to a reporter and winning his goodwill. It, it could be just a, a friendship sort of basis. It sort of covers okay. the scene of relationships that you... Right. Go to, so it, that's a lot to take in. I got one more part. We'll go to 425 after this because there's another interesting thing. But what I think is interesting there is exactly what we've heard a thousand times before in the church committee. He's echoing this. There was a guy, a German newspaper or a German journalist several years back who says the exact same thing that what the CIA does is they cozy up to you. They treat you like you're on the inside, like you're an in group. And then they just like buddy, buddy, they leak stories to you and all this other stuff. So they make you feel trusted and everything. And uh, this guy, he's saying basically the same thing. And it's old timey, right? Like, what what do you put this in? Like eighties, late seventies? Mm, based on the video, I'd say early eighties. Yeah. All right. Did you and you wanted to skip forward to a certain point? Yeah, yeah. But bring it up to four twenty five because he's got this. I talk about like I I think this is why it was in my head where you talk about like Google Earth and where you want to do shit. Like, listen to the way he describes how they can control the press. It's like, you could just go on Google earth and just like plant a story. You know what I mean? Like if you had like that, 
Vanilla Sky or whatever that Tom Cruise movie is, where you could look at an article up on your clear monitor and the article said basically whatever it takes to overthrow the government here and you just dragged it to a point on the map and all of a sudden, you know, three weeks later, then got, you, you got a whole thing toppled. Like, that's what... Listen to this the, the way he describes this shit. By the way, I want to point out, I don't know who the guy is that... Do you know who this is on the left that they're talking to? No, but it's part of a tweet thread, so it says part one, so maybe... I was just curious. Uh, so, I just noticed the guy on the right, I'm looking at body language, the guy on the right sitting there with his, his legs crossed, the guy on the left that dude is mansplaining and manspreading like I've never seen. You can always oh, yeah. see his legs because he's like, he's like Riker style sitting across the it, entire. It looks chair. like he's got a basketball between his thighs. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> I'm going to show this guy who's in charge. Listen to me. All right, four twenty-five. Please. All right. First, um, the agency developed what they call the Wisner's Wurlitzer. That was. Uh, what they call an organ that he could play any any tune he wanted anywhere in the world at any time. Supposedly they had one, they owned one uh, newspaper in any country of the world and whatever articles they want run, whatever themes that they wanted to propagate, all they had to do was just press the right buttons and that that uh, those articles and, and uh, themes would, would come up in those countries. I, I think we'd like to know who Wisner was. Wisner um, was a former... Uh, Deputy uh, uh, Chief of the Operations Branch of the CIA. I see. Mm -hmm. And he created the Wurlitzer. He, he created the Wurlitzer. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? Now, uh, this came under the corporate action staff of the agency. And from I don't the, think we need to play much more right. than that. So I, I, I really like Deputy Director who had like such his hooks into so many media organizations, he could just write articles basically. Well, and he's just one, that's just one sort of tool of the CIA is that the Wisner's Wurlitzer, it's like one tool among however many they have, where it's basically, this is what we want the narrative to be in any one place. You know, so think about this kind of power and the way the guy's describing it. And this is not, they are unbound, you know, to the idea that they are supposed to be operational only in other countries is absolutely ludicrous because we can go to Chuck Schumer. So one well, of the things so there's, there's a book here. I just looked this up. Um, there's a book called the mighty Wurlitzer. Oh no, I'm sorry. Mighty Wurlitzer was the metaphor of Frank Wisner. The first. Okay. I see. I'm just digging this up. Sorry. Uh, the mighty, the book is called mighty Wurlitzer, how the CIA played America. If you want to really dig in this from the forties through the sixties, it looks like, huh? Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think he's bragging about the kind of power that they had, but if you remember, when Trump was running and taunt, supposedly taunting the deep state, you had Chuck Schumer on Rachel Maddow saying the CIA has six ways to Sunday, as uh, Booksy11 is saying in Twitch. You know where I'm going with this. Um, so here's what happened after. So we know that Tucker Carlson got the footage from the January 6th. Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, released it to Tucker, which, you know, the bemoaning general press, the establishment you know, globalist press. Z very upset about this because Tucker's just a propagandist. Well, he's a propagandist who's just showing the footage and, and Chuck Schumer, who will tell you about Six Ways to Sunday that the president shouldn't be in control of the CIA for some reason. He's pretty upset about it. So just run this? Yeah, if you All could. Right. <clears throat> Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, 
disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, somehow not an attack at all. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? A nonviolent demonstration, a perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Right, so let's stop it there, because he it wasn't enough for him to say this. This is on the Senate floor. This is the head of the Senate. Have it basically pissing his pants over this shit. And then he goes out and does a press conference. So let's let's play a little bit of this. The second one I put with the 95 at the end, there's a there's a timestamp just so that we could dive in to see what he's saying. He's basically just saying conspiracy theory, conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Don't listen. Shut up. This is oh, gotta get all the ads on YouTube. Hold you on. got an ad. Oh, no. All right. I don't get ads. How do I? I'm... Well, I, I turned off my ad blocker to make sure stuff plays on this. I'll, I'll re-enable it. So uh, he's starting at 95 on this one. The equals 95. Yes. And to promote a particular point of view regardless of the facts. This man didn't just embrace the big lie. Embrace the big he lie. He was one of the loudest voices perpetuating it. Chief uh -huh. cook and bottle washer of the big lie after Donald Trump. Okay. All the while knowing it was a big lie. What has happened to any standards of honor, of honesty, of decency in America when this happened? No, just... With that contempt for facts and knowing full well that he was lying to America, Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not, not a violent insurrection. An attempt to rewrite history and erode the very foundation of our precious and sometimes fragile democracy. So yes, this morning I am furious. Millions yeah, sure. I mean, like he's furious. I mean, what's he so furious about? So <laughs> I put in another article. Is obviously I'm going to have a boatload of this dumb shit. Sure. But the the next one is a video, and this is some of Tucker's footage. So this is what he's so upset about. Is this the the Becker one, or is this the one of the Becker that? news? Yeah, there should be a video clip there. This is what he's so upset about. Tucker's big lie. Uh, this one. Yes, there's a video down below. Drinking warm First, water before bed fixes tooth and gum problems overnight. Thanks. God. People are healing decay. Within hours of January 6th, literally hours, you began to hear that day described as a deadly insurrection, and not described by one news outlet or one politician, but in unison by all of them, almost like it was coordinated. A deadly insurrection. That's how history may record January 6th. But the tape that we reviewed from within the building on that day proves it was neither an insurrection nor deadly. Here it is. January 6th. 
when an estimated 2,000 rioters breached the Capitol building, causing the deaths of five police officers. Certain dates echo throughout history. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th. The mob beat officers with anything October they had 15th, on them. Hockey stick, flagpole, a fire extinguisher. Sorry? Police officers died. Well, when she was reading dates, they came to mind October 15th, 1955. What was that? The Doctor of the Future? Date I invented time travel. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to say. Donald Trump supporters who, of course, rioted and killed police officers. By the evening of January 6th, the Democratic Party and its publicists in the national news media had settled on a description of what had happened that day. They distilled an enormous number of highly complex events, events that even now we don't fully understand, into a single emotionally related political slogan, which they've repeated go to, for years. Go to like 246. 246? 246. 245, 246. Because one of the things they say is that they killed police officers and firefighters and all this stuff. So the only person who really died in and around this time was this sicknick. And there were stories in some uh, people will remember this who are paying attention. God love you. Why do we have to understand or remember any of these idiots in their bullshit? But this Brian sicknick guy was supposedly bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. So if you go to 245, they, they this is just amazing had hardened into conventional wisdom, did the newspaper bother to retract it? The New York Times has quietly retracted its story about the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. The damage had been done. Brian Sicknick, himself a Trump voter, had been transformed without his consent into a political martyr of the left. His memory was shamelessly exploited by the incoming Biden administration. In February of 2021, Sicknick's body lay in state in the Capitol Rotunda, where a parade of unscrupulous politicians made use of it. Here's yeah. Joe Biden. Breaking down the doors, trying to overturn an outcome of election, and killing several police officers in the meantime. Not the Brian true. That should not be reduced to a prop for the political ambitions of the Democratic Party. He was a human being. The facts of his life matter, including how he died. To this day, media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was, quote, slain on January 6th. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. <laughs> by all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. Oh, it's a bike helmet. Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. Right. This tape overturned. Was he vaccinated? It could have been that he might have died suddenly after leaving. Um, so go to this next one. The 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 timestamp on YouTube code is sixty nine. Right. It's the next Tucker Carlson clip. He has this footage, everybody. Before you all go fucking berserk, because it's Tucker Carlson. He's the one who got the footage. But honestly, like this is it's like if you don't want us to think that the Pentagon got hit by a missile, just show us all the footage. They won't show you the footage right, if you right. won't show the January sixth footage because it's so awful and horrific just show it well this is this, here this part is really interesting because this is the uh, QAnon shaman guy who was like he, everybody's describing it the same way he's the face of january 6th this guy was the one of the leaders of the insurrection he's violent he represents treason and all this other shit 
So this this is one of these parts where it's like, if you still want to fucking go with, if you, I gotta stop swearing so much. If you still want to, yeah, damn it. Per, if you want to pretend like you're on the good team or the winning team or anti-establishment, like I had friends who were like show like they were posting selfies of them watching the january 6 hearings like they were like they had popcorn and all this stuff like oh they're gonna get like are you really this lost are you really like people were doing this on my instagram people i know our age were posting images of multi images on instagram of them watching january 6th like it was like a big deal that they you know it's like this momentous thing like they literally let the news tell them everything they need to believe without question oh so disappointing and, and when you say they were watching january 6th you mean they were watching it on january 6th or they're watching the hearings about it they were watching the hearings unironically like they wanted like the the sort of kudos they wanted the attaboys for watching january they were telling all their friends all their good people all the good people who follow them on Instagram, all the good people I've met over the years that hate me and have always called me stupid. I don't know what the hell's going on. You know, they laugh at how stupid I am because I don't think that uh, Michael Hastings drove his car into a telephone pole at, you know, 100 miles an hour. Like maybe something else into a tree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then maybe they're like, I don't know, the 93 World. I literally had a boss. I've said this on the show before. A 93 World Trade Center bomb was half built by the FBI. He's like, come on, come on. That's a conspiracy. You know, it's like I had people who were supposedly my betters lecturing me on how stupid I am. And at the same time, these are the people posting unironically them with a bowl of popcorn watching January 6th because it was almost a teardown of the government. Oh, my God. It was worse than 9-11 times the Civil War. It was War. worse than 9-11 times 1,000, which was really only swamp gas compared to January 6th. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll run this one from 69. Yeah, this is QAnon Shaman. Remember, he's a murderer. At one point, they even tried to open locked doors on Chansley's behalf. Chansley was sentenced to four years in prison for Jacob Chansley in the Capitol on January 6th. And the video we showed you last night raises the obvious question, Why? On what grounds? He's just following cops around. The video I showed you last night also showed that Officer Brian Sicknick. Do you want more Sicknick or just the? No, no. I just I think for people who are watching, what you'll see is QAnon Shaman holding an American flag and he's just being walked around by the police. There's footage also that Tucker shows of QAnon Shaman in the Senate chamber saying a prayer for everybody who's there in support. Uh, and and you know protesting peacefully and he's saying a prayer for the police who are keeping them safe and helping them get around the building so it's like that's how insurrectiony it was that the guy uh, who's insurrectioning is saying a prayer for the people who are supposed to be stopping the insurrection but are actually walking him around the building yeah i'm looking at this footage here so he he's just following two or he's being escorted by two police they walk up they try the door probably say something that's locked they simply turn around and then he walks out after. There's like they they are escorting him around and he is he is passively following them. Yeah, we showed you last night. So this I mean this this part here where they just turn him around and they walk right back out. I mean he's he's clearly talking with the guys. So yeah, heck? if they they could have dive tackled him at any moment. Yeah. So. Um, um, Anyway, there's also I, I don't I couldn't find it, but there's also a po- supposedly footage of Ray Epps um, at 
the event after he had testified that he had left. So he testified something about talking with his nephew and that he was getting out of there and that he had been gone at a certain time. But there's footage of him mucking around later on, which would go, basically prove that he lied under oath. So I think that, there, I don't know. The, the reason why I wanted to start with the CIA and then go into the January 6th is because it's like PSYOP after PSYOP, right? And so they're just doing whatever this Wurlitzer thing is with January 6th. That's what we got. Because think about it, like that guy who got beat up by all those police officers when it turned out all the police officers were black. Could you imagine if they were white police officers? We'd still be burning shit down. Well, remember, they, they tried to find a couple more officers so they could say that it was, well, it was the white guy was in charge. They did. They found some guy who was like a fat manager dude who I apparently like didn't put in the report right or something. Like I saw that clip. There was like one little clip. They were trying. They were really trying to get a white person involved. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they could spin this shit up no matter what. Well, you remember a few, was it a few weeks ago, a few months ago? That story about gas stoves came out and all of a sudden, like every mainstream news agency, every, you know, on, you know, HuffPost and uh, the, what's the uh, the vice and all those, they all had the same exact take on it. So clearly they're all getting the same information from a source. Yeah. So and AOC and all those people all were like, saying the same. Yeah. All the politicians say, were. Points. Go for it. Everybody was on board. Like there's a conference call in the morning. Like they do daily stand up. Well, I do daily stand up so I don't get information from the CIA. So, no, without you, clearly these people are getting memos of some kind. So, anyway, um, that's January 6th, one psyop. Now, we had George Floyd, which is why I brought up the, the cops and the, the, the black officers who got killed because everybody knows who pays attention to this conspiracy stuff like we do. They, they could have easily made that a thing, they didn't want it to be a thing. It just happened. It's one of those things that they couldn't capitalize on. So they're going to ignore it. They happen all the time. We generally don't talk about them. But so we did talk about COVID. Now, this is a clip where uh, we're finding out. So the, the news was that Fauci, we knew this already. Anybody who was paying attention, we knew this. He basically got on conference calls with a bunch of people who were saying, hey, this, this virus looks like it was an engineered virus. And so we know about that story, but now it's coming out in testimony. And here's a little bit of that testimony with Jim Jordan, who I think is funny. I like him. I, I don't know what it is. There's certain other podcasts and stuff that were like, oh, he's just a, you know, it's like he does a good job. I don't know. He brings receipts. Well, and even if he's not getting all the results we want, at least he's asking some of the questions. So. That's exactly right. Like I just like I put it out on the table because a lot of times, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. Like George, George Bush and Dick Cheney did not get tried for war crimes. I'm disappointed about that, but everybody knows at least by now, I would think. All right. So this is uh COVID stuff here. Okay. I'm bringing this up. And Dr. Reptil, you were you were, uh, you you ran the CDC and you were on the Coronavirus Task Force. Is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th, 2020. Is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson, which says what? Virus looks engineered. Virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. Next day, I know. He, did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. 
Did you share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? No, you no. didn't see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. Three days later, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, who told us it came from a lab and emails to Dr. Fauci that Dr. Fauci wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see. Three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. The question is why? Mr. Wade, why would they change their position that fast when the only intervening event is a conference call with Dr. Fauci, the guy who wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see the very emails that they had sent him, Dr. Redfield, head of CDC on the coronavirus task force. Why would they change their position, so Dr. That Redfield? was Redfield just answering. Now he's going to go to this Wade fella. And this is where, like, Jordan, Jordan like, it's interesting because if you imagine yourself in this kind of a setting, like there's something intimidating. There's something like uh, it's official. There's cameras. Everybody's in there. Everybody looks very serious and angry. Right. So there's uh, like Jim Jordan has to really draw the information out of this Wade fella. And I found it interesting, but it really cuts to the chase. And I think that that's what this is why Fauci was doing like his whole you know, farewell tour. And now he's completely disappeared again. And we'll see what happens for the, for the backlash. We already got Schumer coming out against Tucker for showing footage. And, you know, he's, he's telling some giant lie. Like, we'll see what wins in the end. But this is interesting because this is the comeuppance we want, whether it'll get people jailed or not. I don't know. But at least they're, you know, the valor and the, the fucking, National Geographic, Disney Plus, you know, Fauci movie that has like a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes public and 99% rating by the critics. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. we all know what's going on. Um, do you want me to play from here or is there another? Yeah, yeah with the Wade fella. I, it, just to show people how he has to draw it out. Uh, well, this question does lie at the heart of the um, issue. Uh, what is pertinent, it seems to me, is there's, there's no new scientific evidence that we can see that came uh, available between these dates, the Jan 31st and Feb 4. Right. There's no new. I think you're... Go ahead. So you have to ask if there were other, uh, other kinds of influence uh, available. <clears throat> now, it is true that, that <clears throat> Dr. Fauci and Dr. Farry in London were very powerful research officials and between them they controlled. I read, I read your testimony. I saw okay. that. Yeah. So why don't uh, you cut to the chase and tell them what you really think was the reason? Uh, I don't know what, what the reason was. I do. I know what it was. I, go well, ahead. no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you say it because I read your testimony. I think you, you said it in your testimony too. Maybe you're reluctant <clears> to say it here, but go ahead. Well, if you're looking at the timeline on um, May 21st, um, just uh, a few weeks after the Nature, Medi uh, the, the Nature Medicine article had come out, uh, two of the signatures of the original email to uh, Dr. Fauci, that, that's Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, were awarded a $9 million grant for the... So there's $9 million reasons why they changed their mind. I knew you'd get to it. I read that <laughs> last night. Three months after... So three days after they say it came from a lab, they changed their position. And the only intervening events, a conference call with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins, again, a call that Mr. Redfield was not allowed to be on the head of CDC and on the coronavirus task force. And then three months later, Shazam, they get nine million bucks from Dr. Fauci. Well, isn't that something? Is that great? We blew it. Holy crap, that place loud. Isn't that great, though? So essentially, so just to kind of tuck it all in a bow here. What happened was when it pops off, 
And people are like, whoa, what the hell is this virus? It looks like it's engineered. And Fauci gets on a conference call. Dr. Redfeld, who's Redfield, who's been demonized in the press ever since he said, I think this thing is engineered. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, he's a crack. He's an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. They're still doing this on Twitter after this testimony comes out. But you can tell, like, what he says is that within the span of three days, two significant researchers involved with figuring out what com- coronavirus COVID was at the very beginning turned their... Uh, opinions as to the origin of the virus 180 degrees three months later they get their their cash and checks for eight million dollars from the nih with fauci cdc redfeld isn't allowed on that conference call despite being on the coronavirus task force and being the head of the cdc so why does fauci want to keep that from him and how is it that the media who is owned by bill gates and pharma how is it that the media is so coordinated against redfeld you know, back when Redfeld was went on CNN originally, what was that? Almost two years ago, and said this, they had to get rid of this guy. Yeah. Well, and and the story's not coming out that there was there was like memos from Fauci when people started to even ask, you know, hey, could could this have been lab created? There's like there was a memo from him, and all of a sudden people just like flipped on a dime. So, I have one more with everybody's favorite Marjorie Taylor Green. I like Marjorie Taylor Green. She's like the cool aunt at the party who like gets tipsy and actually drunk and yeah, she, she gets a little drunk and she talks politics, but she knows what she's talking about. And so you're kind of like talking to her about it, you know, but there are other people in your family who's just like, I don't want to talk to this person about that stuff. <laughs> but this Marjorie Taylor Green's that. Don't engage, Joe, don't engage. <laughs> I want to see what, I want to see what MJT's got, got on her mind about this. goddamn COVID MTG. That's right. Sorry. Dr. Redfield, did you agree, in your opinion, with Dr. Anderson's assessment at the time that this virus did look engineered? Anderson's one of the guys I who changes the opinion. Because of uh, the presence of the furin cleavage site that we've talked about. And I think it's important to understand what that cleavage site does. Uh, that cleavage site totally changes the orientation of the binding domain of COVID. So it now, which could not see the ACE2 receptor, which is a human receptor, it totally changes the orientation now. So it has high affinity for a human receptor. So that furin cleavocyte bothered me. It didn't seem that it belonged there. And then when you look at the sequences that it used, and it's beyond the committee, but I know many of you have looked into it, the sequences that they used in those 12 nucleotides for arginine were the arginine sequences nucleotide triplet that coded for the human arginine. So why did this virus have the arginine sequences for human there, not bat? It was very disconcerting to me. It looked like this virus was engineered. Was this uh, what you're observing and speaking of? Is this something that would be in line with gain of function research and the, and the capabilities it would provide to right, right. the virus? Yeah. I mean, basically, this lab published in 2014 that they accomplished in this, uh, allowing the coronaviruses that they were working with in the lab to bind to the H2 receptor in humanized mice. And the only way they did that was by reorienting the binding domain. And it was clear to them. I think that's probably it. That was like. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? Like, I, I know it's all very super sciencey and maybe not the easiest thing to follow, but I, I, the reason why I was asking about some of the school stuff is because I do remember the DNA sequencing where you had like the, what was it, the four different A's, G's, 
Do you know what I'm talking about? The DNA G-A-T-C. school. What is it? GATC. Yeah, yeah. So the arginine is the one of them, I'm right? Science, bitch. <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm, I'm trying to dig up drops. This is hard to do. Yeah, I I know Mike's a maestro with this stuff, but basically the way he's describing it, it doesn't sound quack like to me. Like when you look at Redfield, it's like, yeah, your facial hair looks like you know kind of stupid, but I mean he knows what he's, he's talking really about. going with the Lincoln beard. All right, yeah, he's got like no mustache. He's doing one of the beards without a mustache thing. I just don't know. I don't know. I wife could... She's like, you going out with like that? All right, fine. Yeah, yeah. What do you say to somebody like that? Like it's like mustaches like i feel like mustaches are you know half-assed beards and he's got like a beard that's like a half it's like where's your mustache it, i don't know there's something well, weird he's, about leaning, it. he's leaning into it to his credit he's like i'm sticking with this this is what i got yeah but if that's the worst thing about him like i don't think he, it sounds like he knows what he's talking about he's like well typically in a cleavage site for a human virus it would have this but it looks like in this case it's actually a bat virus with a human cleavage Mm-hmm. right so that's it and and so it gets really to the point and and we know with everything we've been called as conspiracy theorists the whole time think about how much our lives have changed it is absolutely incredible and for somebody like me who became homeless during all this shit you know who has friends and lots of people mike has friends i'm sure crutched you have friends family like my my you know the vaccines and all the the tumult that has been brought into our lives over this stuff you know of course he would want to hide it but at what point are they gonna like can they will they like this is a pretty big damn deal like yeah it's not war but it did get a lot of people killed and the repercussions for this will be educational what's that you could argue it's worse than a war I'd agree. Yeah. It's not kinetic, but it's long term. It's going to be way worse to those repercussions. That's what I would think. Yeah. But with the kids, I mean, this is like we talked about with like going under the desk to duck and cover for the nukes. Like and now the school shooting stuff that we talked about on a Saturday show a few weeks ago where it was like kids are actually doing drills for this, which is getting it into their heads. Now you're going to have these people with their stupid hand sanitizer and their masks everywhere freaking out over germs. I saw someone the other day for the first time in a long time. I saw someone the other day wearing a wearing a mask. I was like, "Is it? Is it? Are we back to back to mask season or or I'm what?" I'm not. I'm never doing that shit again. I never wanted to do it before. But the more this stuff comes out, I think about like getting thrown off planes or thrown out of grocery stores or whatever, and just being like typical me. Like I'm just like this is all bullshit, you know. And I would say it. I'm just like, throw me out. I like I don't go to the Trader Joe's in Austin that I used to go to, and I don't go to Trader Joe's at all anymore. They threw me out because I was making fun of their stupid lines. They had their lines that were like, you know how they had like directional shit. Like if you go this direction, oh, well, COVID it was like goes one way. It goes one, you know. It's like, and I was just goofing on it, and they were like, "Sir, sir," and it was super quiet. If you remember back in these days, you'd go into the stores, and it was like they would only let a certain number of people in at a time. Do you remember this shit? I never ran into that. I, mean, I heard places that did it, but I never experienced that myself. It was crazy. And you would go through the store like it was like you're quiet, like you'd have to go in and you're like, OK, I'm just going to. Austin is a very blue dot in a red. That's state. Like an Austin thing that you would experience. That there. was an Austin thing. It was incredible, dude. Like you would go into the they would mark like 20. The guy would have a counter, you know, <laughs> no joke, no joke. And they would tell like who could go in, who could go out. Only one door was open. You know, it was like, and, and I got through, like, they kicked me out of the store 
And I was like, fine. And I haven't shopped at Trader Joe's since. And they can fuck off. You fucking goofing around with this bullshit. Well, you know, and I have no sympathy for these people because, you know, they talk about that whole thing where it's like the, the amnesty thing. These people will fall right back again. As soon as the next thing fucking happens, they will throw you right the fuck back on that train and send you to the camps. They want to pretend like they didn't screw this up. They did. And they would never forgive us for getting this stuff wrong. Uh, the thing that amuses me about like the numbers, they said, you know, 20 people or whatever it was, but um, it's a completely arbitrary number. There's no like magical time at which, you know, at some point, like, oh, there's 21st person coming in. Everyone's got COVID. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. It's like even that six foot distance, which was yeah. completely made up based on one totally flight coming from uh, was it was it Thailand, I think, like one flight coming back somewhere. And, and they identified which people got COVID based on the number of rows. And it was like two rows in front didn't get it, but or two rows did, but three rows didn't. So thus, six feet is magic this much. No, but it's even the OSHA mandates where it's like, oh, so it's you have ninety nine employees, but once you get that one more, that's when COVID is going to just break out all over the place, and we need to have a vaccine mandate for a hundred employees. Ninety nine is fine. Do you remember? So I remember going going to dinner with the family to restaurants when they were open during COVID. You got to wear a mask to your table, but as soon as you sit down, you take it off because COVID's not here. It's only yeah. over there. Like, well, what? Austin had restaurants where they had like you have to wear the mask to the table, mm -hmm. and and then you can um, sit down and take it off. But they also had no masking. So like in Texas, it was a lot more like you know we were not insane, insane. And so in Texas, it was like no forced masking in indoor spaces. But they were still asking you to mask. And so I tried to go to a restaurant one time with a friend and they were like, you have to mask on your way to the table. I was like, I'm gone. I wouldn't do it. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing these goddamn games. I was going to hang out with some old coworkers and they were like, only if it's outside and only if you're all vaccinated. I haven't seen them since. I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to hang out with you. Well, you, you know, know the, say the, the best part of being a conspiracy theorist is not getting you my have no friends. Oh, <laughs> that too. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's like, what do you expect in any about like how mouthy were you with people on this stuff? Because I was very, I was not shy at all. I was more passive aggressive. Like you know, the I remember I remember distinctly having a conversation with someone in the summer of 2020 when they said, uh, uh, I was it, it was at work and we we're on a job site and someone said, hey, you got to wear a mask. And I was like, why? And like the governor signed a proclamation. And my response was, well, the governor says a lot of things. And they, <laughs> they didn't appreciate that. But uh, And you, you could look around and see other people. Like as soon as like the one or two people who were concerned about it, as soon as they left the room, everyone just took the, the uh, mask off. No one gave a shit. But did you have any sort of family stuff where people were going berserk in that situation? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have family members who were just like, locked in the house and they won't leave and all that stuff but as soon as the grandkids come over well that's fine because well it's family i'm like but that's defeating the entire purpose of trying to hide in the house is under the the logic that i don't want to go outside i'm going to die but oh well grandkids are coming over that's different i'm like you know and if you point out that logical fallacy they get upset with you so yeah yeah, I mean, I that's that's why it's like when we're coming out of this, I don't know how much it's going to change anybody's opinions with January 6th or COVID. I think that there's so much evidence to kind of, I don't know, it, like 
at, at what point do does anyone from my past i've had it happen before but does anyone from my past come back and say ah you know what that stuff you said about fauci you know maybe you were onto something because i had people say that i was crazy just for making you know for criticizing him he was the the guy the villain as jimmy dore has been saying lately he was the villain in dallas buyers club he was the one pushing azt and killing people with aids you know like this is not a, a an unfamiliar fact but apparently gay people love him now because i don't know science. Well, it's entirely it's entirely political it's entirely political um, I, I saw a comment in here. I wanted to. Oh, so somebody pointed out. Um, who was it here? Lee Lee Anderson says I wore a mesh mask. Yeah. So I bought some masks, and you can get them from Etsy and everything. It was kind of amusing. But you could buy masks that were well made and whatnot, but were completely mesh. You could hold up to light and see straight through them. But what against your <laughs> face, they look fine. And I have a bunch of those and wore them around for a while. So if I had to wear a mask, you can breathe straight through it. All the rest, it was fine. But they were good on yeah. airplanes and everything else. And it's just like. And I would show people, look, this isn't doing shit. But then they'd be like, can you put your mask on? I'm like, you can see through it. It does nothing. But they felt better because there's a mask on. It is all about feelings, isn't it? It really was all about feelings. Yeah. Yeah, One of the reasons why I decided on on what emotion, not logic. It was total emotion. I, I one of the reasons that I was. So when I got back from Mexico, one of the reasons that I left Austin was I remember being at Central Market. I probably told this story before. But I was looking for uh, a daily skin moisturizer and I was asking somebody for help. She had her mask on long after, you know, Texas had lifted the mask mandates and she jumped back like six feet when I came up to ask her a question. And this is part of what factored into me. But like, I cannot be around these people like this is and it was long after like the whole thing had been oh, yeah. crumbling. I distinctly remember being at the it was a grocery store or, you know, Target, Walmart, something. I don't remember. Um in like late of late 2021. So at that point, you know, there was already like half the country was done with this shit. Um, yeah. And people weren't wearing masks or anything in, in the store. I mean, you know, you know, the handful of people I remember walking past a, a mother with her young child. I don't remember, you know, seven or eight years old. She had the full N95 and like a hood on everything pulled down real tight. And her eyes were just like huge. Like she was just freaked out that clear. They had to go into the store for something. And the kid was being dragged along. Same thing, masked up and covered. And we passed within like three feet of each other. And she did a little kind of like get out of the way off to the side thing. And yeah. she's like, what the hell is wrong with people? But I actually, and I, I remember also a guy jogging on the road. And as we passed each other, he ran out into the road to avoid getting within six feet of me. The irony being he was running the same direction as traffic. He did not look for the car. So he literally stepped out into traffic to avoid <laughs> the magical COVID outside again, mind you. And could have been like just barely at that speed, you know, it's a you know, street 30 miles an hour or whatever. But at that speed, he would have gone right over the hood of a car without even seeing it and been killed. But oh, God, magical COVID. And he was jogging. Did he have a mask on? Yeah, he had a mask on. He was jogging. Like, you don't hell? think that would have stopped the car? <laughs> it can't keep, keep him safe. Only, well, only if the driver's also wearing a mask. <laughs> Dude, I'm so over this shit. Anyway, the point of my whole thing was I just wanted to say that the CIA controls all this shit. Like everybody's being lied to all the time. If anybody you know and love still trusts the media, just kind of pat them on the head and be like, that's nice, honey. I mean, honestly, you, it's hard to have any sympathy for these people. They treated us like shit. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. And the question is, are, are any of them actually ever going to go back? And I, I don't think so. Never. 
Um, somebody in the Discord, I believe, has this term. But if you want to look up an interesting term, speaking about the media, look up uh, Gelman Amnesia, G-E-L-L-M-A-N-N, Amnesia. It's, a, it's noted by the, the name of the guy, Gelman. Um, but it's, it's the concept that you can look at a newspaper article. It was newspaper-based, but you can look at a newspaper article, and it works for, for TV and whatnot, um, internet. You can look at a newspaper article for a topic that you know about, and you read it and go, these people don't know what they're talking about. This is absolutely incorrect, factually wrong. They have no idea. But then you turn the page in the newspaper, the next page, and you just blissfully read articles, assuming it's true. And you have to take into account that basically as wrong as they were about that other topic is as wrong as they are about everything. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I've often thought about this where there are people in my life who I've known in the past who politically think they're experts, but it's only because they know everything about sports. Is that similar where it's like they probably do have like this expertise in sports where they can name like who scored what touchdown and what the point mm-hmm. difference was in a Super Bowl 30 years, years ago. 52. Yeah, they know all this shit. And so then they start talking politics and they just figure it transposes like yeah. they're just ex- is it that kind of thing? It's similar, but it's basically it's it's a it's a it's a phenomenon, a psychological phenomenon for you as the reader. So you're reading a story on, you know, CNN's Web page and you're just like this. is They are way off on this, whatever. But then you click another link and you're just like, yeah, that's correct. That's, it must be correct. So. Okay. You, you so, then, so, you OK, did. so you're going into an article that you do know about. Mm hmm. So like if yes, you're an architect, the amnesia effect starts with you recognizing something is wrong and they have no idea. And then you go to the next page, the next article, whatever, and you just assume it's true, even though just a minute ago you were reading one by the same group that was way wrong. Oh, that's interesting. Just, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, I'd never heard of that, but I'm watching it with uh, this article. It's got uh, who is this guy? This uh, the Westworld dude, the bald guy. Yul Brenner. Yeah, it's got Yul Brenner on. There. Oh, it's because it came, it came from Michael Crichton. He's the one who like brought this forth as a as a concept. Uh, oh, was for one, real? Yeah, it was one of his friends, I believe, is is uh, Gelman or Gelman, um, is somebody that Crichton. So it came from Michael Crichton, kind of publicizing it in an, in like an interview, like in the seventies or something. So whoever, whatever article you're looking at, they used a picture of Yul Brenner from Westworld, which was a Michael Crichton um, movie and book. I know, is isn't it crazy? Like Michael Crichton was like Steven Spielberg or or. Uh, you know, other authors who kind of write the same story over and over again, like James Cameron is like this, where it's like, you know, the rich people want to monopolize something like in one case, it's aliens and uh, the uh, the the blue Indian alien ones. It's like the unobtainium. And then Michael Crichton has like robot cowboys break out and go crazy. Robot dinosaurs break out and go crazy. You know what I mean? And like, like Jurassic the James Park. Cameron movie where the rich people send robots back in time to murder some kid. Wait, I got that mixed up. Is that Steven Spielberg? No, I'm making that up. That's, That's Terminator. Cameron, Cameron's retelling of Terminator, but from the standpoint of evil white people. Oh, okay. all right. Sidetrack. Yep. Uh, anything else for that you want to bring up there? I mean, I found this. I thought this was fun. This is, so tell me. So this is being. This will be my last one, and it is political, but it's a it's a good one to go out on. So this is being sold as a net positive. Tell me if you think that this is a net positive. I got to load it up. Team, and we have a oh, couple of on. things that I just stop. Go back. I don't like how these auto play, and then they start muted. Yeah, they do. All right, let's try this again. Run this up. There we go. 
I did talk to the team and we have a couple of things that I just want to lay out for all of you and on what the DC bill does. It reduces maximum penalties uh, for offenses like murders and other homicides, armed, armed home invasion burglaries, armed, armed carjackings, as I mentioned, armed robberies, unlawful gun possession, and some uh, sexual assault offenses. I did talk to the team and we have a couple of things that I... Okay, so they're removing those as something to... They're, they're, yeah, they're loosening up the penalties for all that. That's a net positive. She's selling it. Like, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm not, not sure I agree. Play it again. Play it again. Oh, right. I did talk to the team, and we have a couple of things that I just want to lay out for all of you. And on what the DC bill does, it reduces maximum penalties uh, for offenses like murders and other homicides, armed, armed home invasion burglaries, armed, armed carjackings, as I mentioned, armed robberies, unlawful gun possession, and some uh, sexual assault offenses. I so it, re it reduces penalties for those. Not all sexual assault, just some sexual assault. Isn't that great? Isn't that good news, everybody? This reduces penalties for all of your favorite crimes. Oh, these are the best crimes. They're the best ones. It's unbelievable. And, and now here's the question. Are they doing that to pander to the base or are they doing that because they can't get enough um, police recruits, which has been a, an ongoing issue? I mean, it, to think that they're doing it with any, you know, a sense of like we're trying to get something done, I think – is, is to assume too much like you're like what they're doing at this point is just they are making a mockery of everything like the whole thing is just it's a fucking farce right like it's a fake election it's a fake president we have like luggage stealing trannies we're teaching our kids to be you know every other gender you know trust all women except for the ones who accuse biden you know, like all this crazy stuff, like drag, like it's just drag queens and like I, the whole thing. It's like it's absolutely insane what's going on right now. You know, and we got the COVID stuff and the January 6th stuff. These are the more serious things. And what are they doing? They're trying to decriminalize rape. What are we doing? What's well, going to be on fair, now? Said some sexual assaults. It's so not silly. All. <laughs> it's so silly. They're just they're pissing it like honestly they 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 want to humiliate us. This is like it's like you know what I mean like they're inflicting punishment. Well, well agreed, yeah, and it's it's one of those things where they're, they're 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 driving for some sort of relevancy. I have to feel like it's intentional. Like they know exactly what they're doing. Like oh, John, yeah, of course it's intentional. It's not accidental. Yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. No, like, she's I just think she's a binder. She's reading stuff, but somebody knows what they're doing. Like when they left all that gear in Afghanistan, somebody knew that that was going to happen, and they they were fine with it. They wanted that. They didn't care. They'll just make more of it. It's 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 really kind of scary if you think about it. It's very reckless, and like at minimum. Yeah. Well, yeah, at the very minimum, it's, it's reckless. But at the same time, like, well, you know, we'll just leave it behind because we can just buy more. We'll just make more fake money. I just and, mean all of it, like the Ukraine thing, all of it. Put it yeah. all together. Oh, you're just going to decriminalize it, steal, you know, $900 worth. Like, put it all together. Like, whatever these people are up to while they spin their Google Earth bullshit, you know, and try to, like, cycle up stories and, and distract everybody and get everybody angry, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it feels like it's at an irresponsible level right now. 
Uh, it'll be curious to see if they can maintain this for another couple of years and what's going to happen because you can't go with this fever pitch continuously. At some point, something's going to break. Right. You just it's like you you can you can sprint and sprint and sprint, but at a certain point, it's like that bear is just going to eat you. <laughs> You're just going to have to let the bear eat you. And maybe the bear won't eat you, but at some point, it's like I just got to stop. I can't run anymore. Like that's the public. The public is going to be like, look, I can't. You can't scare me anymore. This is why people are, su- you know, committing suicide and chopping their dicks off because life is so hard. Well, remember, we did learn from the last show that the national was it the national force or who was it? I don't know. National Park Service said just make sure you're out with somebody who's slightly slower and push them down. Let the bear eat them. Right. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to be fast. You just have to be faster than your friends and family. <laughs> than the next guy. That's right. All right. Uh, anything else? We do some goofball news. I'm done. I'm- okay. All right. Here's a short teaser of a transition. That's all you get. Um, all right. Let's see. I've got some goofball news. And you mentioned something earlier. Now I can't remember why or why. I can't remember what you mentioned, but I remember why I pulled this story. Um, we're going to start with this story because I'm driving. And I'm turning the screen. So I share this. So um, Hershey is launching plant-based uh, candies because this is something we need. And then it occurred to me, wait a minute, you know, peanut, they got Reese's peanut butter cups on here. That's made from cocoa, which is a plant, and peanut butter comes from peanut, which is a plant. So isn't this chocolate already, is a plant? Yeah. yeah isn't this already plant based? Sugar comes from a cane. It comes from a cane, which is a plant. So anyway, um, the Hershey How Company today announced that the nationwide announced the nationwide launch of Hershey's plant based and the new edition of Reese's plant based. Whether you're vegan or simply looking to limit dairy, the Reese's and Hershey's brands offer yet another melt-in-your-mouth experience with its latest treats made with dairy. So they got rid of dairy is what they did. I guess the butter and milk and cream and stuff. So plant-based, you're right. It's like, it just say dairy-free. Yeah. But clearly they said plant-based because that's a thing now. I guess so. So there you go. You can... I, I immediately got caught up on... When you showed the picture, is like the plant-based thing. I'm like, isn't chocolate... Isn't it peanut butter? Like a Reese's is all plant based. Like there's milk would be the only thing in there that's not a plant. Um, oat chocolate confection and peanut butter is what it says. So they're making those with oat milk. That's what they're doing. Good for so them. There you go. Oat milk. I'm a gold star. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I need my yay. I don't have all the drops in there. Hopefully, but... hopefully it costs, you know, $3 more than the regular one. You don't. I, I, that's what I was going to say. I guarantee it's more expensive and it's probably smaller than, than like serving size. Um, all right let's see i i'm gonna save this one i think for mike so we've got another one about story where there's a limited edition thing and people are bidding the shit out of it on ebay he seems to like this those are fun um, so you mentioned the uh you know the bear catching up to you a minute ago we we had a story recently about cocaine bear leading to a series of related animals based on drugs um so here's one there's video of this Here's a wild cat on cocaine captured nice. in an entire neighborhood. So somebody's feeding this cat cocaine, and there is a video on this one. This is the perfect headline. First, we got to get some ads. When I- I'm not going to listen to that ad. Um, so we'll give this eight more seconds, and we'll play Clown it. Clown Baby's is- in the chat. He says Mike's at a hotel with an outhouse. Serves him right. Mike's Mike's staying at a hotel that has an outhouse? 
Awesome. Maybe that's just a, a plus one. Maybe it has a regular bathroom and they, an outhouse. Cheap, so when they were booking the place, did they then sort by price and got the cheapest room? They're like, wow, this one's way cheaper. All right. Uh, so here's our story about a cocaine cat. In January. And we're learning the cat had drugs in the system when it was caught. In a story you will only see here on Local 12, Brad Underwood has an update on how the animal is doing. Cell phone video shot by Reed Faraday captures a serval high up in a tree on Edroy Court in Oakley. These types of animals are considered dangerous. They are on the, the dangerous and wild uh, list for the state of Ohio. Chief Troy Taylor with the Hamilton County Dog Warden's Office says initially it was thought the cat was a F1 Savannah house cat. While similar in looks to the serval, the two are very different animals. It was uh, for sure a, a sight to see, and it was um, one of those things that after talking to this cat expert, he said that um, we did a great job, and, and we're also pretty lucky because this cat um, pretty much could have uh, shredded us, apart, you know, just killed us. If that's not wild enough, test results came back that this serval named Amory had cocaine in his system. Toxicology came back that the animal was positive for narcotics in the system and the DNA testing came back, which was um, conclusive of being an illegal serval. While it's unclear how the wild cat got the drugs, he did suffer a broken leg during the capture. The medical team at Cincinnati Animal Care immediately went to work on a cat they've never seen before on any examination table. I That's a happy story though. He would even be in this position, but um, luckily our medical team and um, our veterinary partners were really great about, you know, coming in, reaching out and helping us um, with the protocols and what would be appropriate, not appropriate. And with all that help, they quickly got A. Marie feeling better. We got some good pain medications. We kept a little camera on him so I could monitor him throughout the night. And then in the morning, um, we were able to get a hold of the zoo to take We him. gave him some more crap. <laughs> continues to care for the animal. What's next has yet to be announced. In Northside, Brad Underwood, Local 12 News. That was clearly Jonesing. The animal was cooperative and is not facing any charges. It is illegal to own this type of animal in Ohio, but... You can legally own a serval in Kentucky and Indiana. Wait, wait, wait. So they said this person's not facing any charges, but they mentioned it's it's illegal to own it. Um, and it's also apparently illegal, as far as I know, just to have cocaine, but whatever. It th th This story raises more questions what this person was doing with a giant uh, African cat, and then also why did the cat have cocaine? So... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have illegal cats, you might as well have cocaine. Or is the implication that the cocaine was the cats? And the guy was like, hey, the, the cat buys that cocaine with his own money. I don't have anything to do with it. But so there you go. Cocaine bear. Those of you thought cocaine bear was funny because it's that, you know, it was a, a one off story. There's cocaine cat. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We've got uh, a couple more stories here. We've got. Um, a suspicious man who's offering chocolates to a boy. Uh, turns out was actually participating in Random Acts of Kindness Day. I've not heard of that, but there you are. Um, there's now a uh, a vodka seltzer that is Sunny D flavored, for those of you growing up in the 80s. Ugh. <laughs> That's kind of my reaction, too. Um, we have the video of the guy attacking a flight attendant and attempting to open the emergency exit door or emergency exit on a uh, United Airlines flight. 
You want to see a bunch of people yelling. Did you watch it already? Is it good? Yeah, it, it's all right. It's standard, you know, airplane people yelling. And yeah. yeah. What else? Um, here's a uh, the people buying a um, uh, buying a home. Turns out it was owned by a hoarder who filled the house with Bibles and porn. I liked that one. That look, they did a really nice job. The end. They turned it into a livable space. It looks really good. I think Bibles and porn is just like the grab you thing. They don't show any of it or how it relates to one one or the other. All right, hold on. Let me dismiss all these pop-up ads here I'm getting. All right, let's try this again. Here we go. Oh, wait. Come back. Play. Audio is terrible on this. So those of you listening to the audio, they're just panning around the room, showing boxes and boxes and piles and piles of porn. They have and a then, hustler that says it's scratch and sniff. It's pretty rad. And I then don't know some of these rooms are just full of just trash. You know, it's like it's like a hoarder's house, just full of trash and clothes and books and crap. Nasty. And now they're showing the after, after the um, remodel. They've clearly cleaned out the place, but they're re- they're patching the walls and all the rest. That's nice. Yeah, they make it a very nice livable space, but I I still get tripped up on the sm- scratch and sniff hustler. Like, what does it smell like? And what you know what I mean? Like, what? Are we, how how far did we go with this? Did we do like man balls? Did we do like lady snatch? Did we do titty sweat, flop sweat? What are we talking about? What are we scratching? What are we sniffing? Maybe it's completely um uh, it's completely innocent and it's just you know. Fruit flavors and things. It might be just fruit flavor. The snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> I want to know how far this tech got, went. Did you ever have the uh, the jelly bellies from Harry Potter, like booger flavor and shit? Uh, I'm, I'm aware of them, but I've never had any of them because I'm not a nine-year-old British kid. It Well, it was remarkable. I have friends who were way more into Harry Potter than I was. And, uh, I, you know, I thought they were cool movies. Uh, I didn't read the books or anything. They would buy this shit, and I'm not a big candy eater either. But they had them, and I was like, I want to taste the booger. I want to taste the dirt or the grass. And it was like one of those things where you're like, this literally tastes like a goddamn booger. I mean, I did eat boogers when I was young. Like, I only ate them just to see what everybody else was doing it for. And I just tasted it. I was like, I don't know why people eat it. Same thing with glue. I never ate glue, but I heard about it so much. I was like, I want to taste this glue. And then I was like, I don't see what the fuss is about. You know what I mean? So, but I remember the taste of boogers. And when I got that jelly bean, I was like, holy shit, this jelly bean tastes just like a booger. Yeah. Like, if I remember boogers, I wasn't about to test and compare. Because that's what I'm saying. In the, in the store, it's bad. Return this one. Not good. <laughs> this doesn't <laughs> taste like boogers. Like boogers. Oh. <laughs> These are not fresh boogers. These are sour boogers. No, but I mean, if we got porno scratch and sniff, like this technology is pretty sophisticated. This is what I'm trying to say. So I want to know what porno mags are up to now. Can I smell like some dude's balls? Well, isn't this the natural extension of teledildonics? They're now just like putting it in book form. You might as well. Oh, dude, if you get hit like 3D printers, you could put in like different chemicals into your teledildonics that shoot out aromas oh. of, you know. Wasn't there a story about that sort of thing? Like a, like a smell-o-vision TV from some company where they were like releasing scents in the air, depending on what you were watching or something. I don't know. You could do it. I'm sure you could do it. 
you know what i mean if you can 3d print shit I think you could generate those smells like it's almost like when you like a soda stream or whatever, you get the concentrated soda and you make your Dr. Pepper. Like if you can do that, you can mix a few chemicals together. Like think about like when I taste these, I got like maple syrup flavoring, like the kind of shit you put in cookies. Yeah, I, th- I think you could make something smell like balls. Sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to suggest that there would be a way to make different scents in the house. And of course, that you go right back to just making it smell terrible. So. That or what if you can like eat? ass teledonic well, ass okay, so and it tastes we, like ass you know if we go to the next level on this with i'm going back to the sense because the whole taste thing is wigging me out if you go with the sense and you go over to a friend's house and it still has that like after sex smell <laughs> is it clear they've just been watching porn all day is that what's going on was it gwyneth paltrow had the candle that smelled like her her snatch oh yeah look rudy 47 just put that in there <laughs> They can make a Gwyneth Paltrow candle. Well, Rudy and I are seeing eye to eye tonight. Yeah, we got to get that Gwyneth Paltrow candle. Light it for Christmas. <laughs> is that is that Hollywood pussy I smell? <laughs> it is, Mom. Oh, the thing, the things you get at uh, um, William Sonoma at Christmas time. Yeah. So, all right. Um, Yankee candle. <laughs> is there any additional information on this this terrible porn house? Apparently not, but. They did do a nice job on it. It became a very nice looking house. I'm just looking at the story here. The biggest thing we found in the house was books. He had books everywhere. There wasn't part of the house where books weren't stacked up. Um, Lima also revealed the previous tenant seemingly kept every single piece of mail he'd ever received. He was a very ironic man. He had so many religious things like stuff for Catholic Church and Bibles, and he also had a lot of porn. I don't know if that's ironic, is it? Uh, no, I don't think it's irony. Uh-uh. Um. However, let's not pull this one apart. What else you got? Let's. Right. We're getting towards the. Uh, we're getting towards closing maybe time. We're going. We're going the full three, everybody. Even though we only got the the two. Maybe one more story here. Let's see. Um. All right. What do we got? I've got uh, a Florida alligator bites a man on his front porch after as soon as he opens the door. Um, Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting out there, I'm going to wait for this guy all night. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um. A French photographer offers an unexpected view of the United States through its many strip clubs. Uh, says the guy drove 6,000 miles across America and documented almost 150 strip facades. So he's not actually showing the insides, the outsides, but could be interesting. Uh, San Francisco tech couple marries in the Taco Bell metaverse. There's something and about that one. You want that one? Uh, and then yeah. I do have a snow-related one. The holy anointing oil for King Charles III will not contain ambergris because I, no, I like the other. I like the metaverse wedding. At, I mean, why couldn't it be Arby's though? Well, there's a Wendy's verse. I guess there's a Taco Bell verse. Um, it's no no news story with this one. So make sure I do I have this up on screen. I do. All right. <clears throat> uh, so headline is the San Francisco tech couple marries in the Taco Bell metaverse, but they're not stopping there. Oh, maybe they're going to go get divorced in the Wendy's verse. Um, from their first date until their first wedding reception, the glorious Taco Bell Cantina and Pacifica has been there for every step of get out of here ads, every step of Shiel Monat and Ar- Armruta Goodbowl's love story, whatever. Uh, San Francisco-based company recent company couple recently tied the knot in an online ceremony in an, and in an in-person reception thrown by the fast food company after they beat out 300 others others to win the Taco Bell Metaverse wedding contest. Did we cover this? This sounds vaguely familiar. 
The lovebirds were legally bound in matrimony in the metaverse constructed by Taco Bell before celebrating their nuptials at the Pacific Cantina a day later. He even proposed with a 3D printed ring pop. They sealed the deal with an NFT memento marriage certificate. Jesus Christ. Uh, For those among you resisting technological modernity, the metaverse is effectively an online space or universe where, yeah, it's the Matrix, we get it. Uh, Except it's run by Taco Bell and Zuckerberg. (laughs) Um, Would you have run it? In the future, all restaurants are Taco Bell. Um, One of our first dates was actually at Taco Bell and it was a very meaningful place for us. We've been there a lot. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Where's the thing more about the metaverse? Um, our parents would not let us get away with just a Taco Bell wedding. We have like five of our own weddings this year. Oh, they're one of these couples. Um, a wedding tour. So yeah, a traditional wedding in India, a ceremony in Cleveland where I guess this is the... So, okay, a ceremony in Cleveland for one side of the family, a reception in Pittsburgh for the other side, a multi-day celebration in Mexico, the Taco Bell reception, and their metaverse ceremony. So I get I, here's my prediction for this, cup, this happy couple. Married five times, divorced in a year. Um, our legal wedding is the Taco Bell wedding. All right. Um, I mean, at least it was a prize. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like they didn't have to pay for it. Otherwise, I'd be really upset at these people. Yeah, it's just they beat out hundreds of other couples to secure their metaverse hybrid wedding. Right. Yeah, good for you. I hope you're I'm proud a of yourself. Fan, and I have posted on Twitter about it enough that people would tag me in announcements about this contest. My first instinct was honestly like, Okay, they're never going to go for this, but let me bring it up. Uh, So there you go. uh, Annoyingly, there are no pictures of the actual metaverse wedding. Isn't that the entire point? I I was really hoping as you were scrolling through, like, show me what the it's just pictures of the actual people. Here's the Taco Bell promo. Let's see if it has pictures of the metaverse. And I can't wait to spend the rest. Oh, there it is. Wow, that looks like trash. I don't know if you guys can see this. So this is this is what the metaverse looks like if you're inside Taco oh, Bell. Oh, okay, yeah, I see it. Hold on, hold off. That's you know, it's kind of cute. I'm not gonna. So they're they're reading their vows right now. I'm gonna turn this down, but this is not blowing me away as far as like winning a contest. Looks like somebody half-assed it in uh, Minecraft. Yeah, it does what, not look great. There's people, so there's people down below at the reception. Shouldn't they all be like naked and harassing each other and driving cars and shooting stuff? Yeah, it's interesting because they're all up on this top like pillar, and there's like a purple priest-looking dude or some shit. I guess yeah, ghost priest man with no legs. What's wrong with his legs? Yeah, and these guys are elevated. the The bride and groom are elevated on this platform. It looks very regal, but it also looks like if you were a thirteen year old dumb girl. Like what? This is what you might want for a wedding. It's so dumb. I'm I I have not been in the metaverse and I have 100% confirmed I don't want to be there. Oh and he's dancing. Oh this is great. It's like winning the fucking race after Mario Kart on Wii. Like it it looks stupid. It's just uh, I mean if this is what the metaverse is going to be, which is I mean it's it's going to be this sort of crap corporate sponsored, you know, Taco Bell wedding pavilions. Who cares? They had a nacho cheese fountain. Okay, so I could see this because having worked in advertising, this is something they came up with. I mean, you like <laughs> this probably like creative directors. People got paid a lot of money to make oh, this the, thing work. The, uh, the officiant was Cal Penn from uh, Harold and 
Kumar go to White Castle. Yeah, it looks like it. Okay, so they got celebrities involved. So the agency that put this together sold this to Taco Bell. We're going to host a wedding in the metaverse. It'll be a contest. It'll be a contest, and we're going to get so many eyes on this thing. It's going to go viral. This is probably one of those things. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's exciting. So that that's how we're going to end the show with that. So get that's how. So everyone listening and watching right now, that's how your kids are getting married in the future in this crap. Yep. You might as well abort them now. (laughs) No matter the age. But he's 14. Do it. Abort them. 528th trimester. We're good. Oh, good Lord. All right. Um, So there you go, folks. There's a terrible show without Mike. When he's not here, this is what you get. Um, Can you play Alex in the burning car again? Yeah. Do you want So do you want the uh, I've got the other Alex song. The, do the, the, let's do the sad one to leave on. or, do you want to do the sad one yeah i'm fine with that we'll go out yeah. with this hold on no oh, it's a playing audio stop play so we'll we'll do the the whole thing too um we want to say uh a hearty hoodaloo late here in the game because we didn't give you one at the beginning but we will also thank couple things pointing out that we're meant to be in nature people and this is where we find the source that god made to transcend the new world order that's why they want to try to keep us out of it. For joining us. <laughs> Today on the Arbic Dumb Podcast, this is your Wednesday show. Mike is on vacation. This has been Joe and Cretchen. Thank you, Cretchen, for running shit. Holy cow. By the way, again, um, I want to say uh, it is impressive how well Mike's able to do all this shit because this is a mess. I'll bring this song down a bit. Uh, like, There's so much stuff to watch. I don't know how he makes it look easy, if, or maybe it's just 15 years of this. I don't know. But he was in bands. He's like doing mixing boards and all that stuff. I've got three monitors. I need another one to keep track of this stuff. I don't know. I think he, yeah, I think he has three monitors. Why did the video stop? Oh, it doesn't loop. Interesting. It just stops. I gotta play it again. Like a. Like Thank a you, Monster Blank. Says not bad, fellas. Phone calls for Saturday. Can we do phone calls? I'm not even going to try to add that in on this house of cards I've got going here. Um, thanks right. to Blueberry for testing audio last night. Um, yeah, thanks, Blueberry. He might join us on Saturday. Yeah, right? so Saturday, uh, if you guys are listening, uh, Blueberry, uh, Chris number 23, I'll reach out to you as well. Uh, Joe and Jen from Legit Bat, we're interested in joining. I think we'll just throw out open invites to uh, friends of the show and we'll just have a whole bunch of people on to. Yeah, bring, hit us bring up the on weirdest, the Discord. The weirdest or news stories and whatever else you want to talk about. So Yeah, I'll shut my goddamn mouth. Uh, Booberry says he can take. So, do you think you can do that while you're joined? Oh, that's well. Now we're stacking house of cards on house of cards. All right. We'll see. What, all right. He's threatening. Booberry is threatening right now that he can take cards and pipe it right back to us. So nice. Fingers crossed. Turtles all the way down. People. Yeah, it's turtles all the way down. Good lord. So. All right. Well, there's some uh, sad Alex Jones and a car on fire. This has been not our big dumb mouth. Uh, Joe, point them to social stuff so they can find all that stuff. OBDMPod.com and OBDM at OBDMPod everywhere else. Come find us. Be a part <laughs> of the magic. <laughs> Join us on the Discord. It costs a buck. You get this stuff all day long. So, All right. Thanks, Always everybody. Popping. We will catch you on uh, on Saturday with more of this nonsense. Awesome. Thanks, Cretchen. See you guys.